0: Welcome back to Friends with Employee Benefits and HR. I'm Jeff Cross, your host. It has always been our number one priority with this podcast to keep you informed of the latest developments in the world of employee benefits and HR. And as you know, uh, coronavirus has significantly impacted the way we're living our lives and doing business. So we've asked our human resources consulting team join us on this episode and talk about uh the steps employers should be taking during these unprecedented times trying to give you some some guidance here uh we're all feeling our way through this and to whatever extent we can help on this podcast as we're trying to do here so so we're welcoming to the podcast today riley billion from our hr consulting team hey riley i know you've been in undated with questions from uh, your clients regarding this pandemic and so i really appreciate you taking this time i'm sure that uh, you're starting to feel your, your voice is getting hoarse right now with all the with all the guidance you're giving people so i really do appreciate it so let's jump right in and <clears throat> i almost don't know where to start there's it's just moving so quickly and so many moving parts and can be so confusing and overwhelming for people but why don't we start with What should employers be doing right now, some measures they should be taking if they haven't already as it relates to COVID-19?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jess. And you're so right. Things are rapidly evolving, minute by minute. And so I do want to preface, it, even as you just said, you know, what should employers be doing right this moment? That could change at, at, on a whim, right? So I think the biggest thing is allowing us to be nimble and flexible. However, um, you know, as this is rapidly evolving, we want to ensure that our clients are making sure that their workspaces are safe um, as much as you can. Moving and transitioning your workforce to work remotely as much as possible. Um, if you have not done so already um, Another piece too is prohibiting any non-essential travel um, is a huge piece of this so that we can limit anyone's exposure both not only to our employees but to the community as well um, and if you cannot limit or transition our employees to work from home based upon our industry that we might be in, such as retail or things of that nature, then we really need to look at who are our essential employees and our non-essential employees and seeing which ones we may actually need to have right now um, and which ones we may be able to ask for the time being to potentially not come to work to limit the exposure. Yeah
0: yeah i mean if if the if the guidance is let's not have groups of more than twenty people congregating at one time, maybe you need to think about staggering shifts, right things like that to limit the number the number of people in a in a store in a in a warehouse, in a manufacturing facility at any one point in time, right.
1: Certainly. So something that one of my clients is doing there in the banking and financial industry and what they've decided to do is they've decided to break their workforce into three separate groups. And so group one is working for 14 days, while groups two and three are actually kind of either working remote if their job allows them to or at the time being um, are just being paid for some time off. And then after 14 days, that next group files back in. So there are some options that employers do have on how they can really maximize their workforce while limiting any exposure and risk to them as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, so if if an employer who really hasn't deployed a work-at-home strategy is trying to do that now, Um, What are some thoughts or suggestions or best practices around work at home policy?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am seeing a lot of our clients who may have never had a remote access or work from home policy before say this is the time um, and have had to come up with something pretty rapidly. Uh, So first and foremost, understanding that this is new and unchartered territory for both you and your employees is really essential right now. I think a big piece is reminding our employees that this is all new and that they will get into a groove with that there may be a few kinks that we need to work out, whether that be technology wise or things of that nature, but we will work it out. This is a marathon, not a sprint. And so therefore we really need to be able to see to see that finish line ahead, but not feel like we need to get there right in this moment. With that being said, I think one of the biggest pieces is that our senior leaders in our management teams need to be in constant communication with our employees. So yes, while you you might not be able to turn around and say hi to a colleague, um, it's so important that as a manager, you're checking in with your employees. Um, if you have the technology to utilize video conference or, of course, phone conference as well, utilize those apps. So that you can do that, it makes such a big difference when you can actually lay your eyes on somebody and see their body language as well as hear their tone of voice, not just send an email. If you have the ability as well to utilize an app um, for instant messaging, such as I know some of my clients use Slack or Zoom or Skype messaging, certainly utilize that. Um, although I do definitely understand that this is something that has. Come pretty rapidly, you might not be able to uh, deploy that technology right away. Now, kind of getting away from just the communication aspect of it, since this is so new for a lot of our workforce and employees, it's really important that people remember that we need to set expectations. So, things um, such as, you know, I do an, an expect you to continue your same work schedule from nine to five to be readily available to be online to be at your computer answering emails Um, but also providing that flexibility of course of saying you do still need to schedule your lunch break in you do need to step away from your desk and you do need to have a routine with it too.
0: I'm always looking for a silver lining. It's almost as if th- this is going to probably uh, be a catalyst to, to to kind of nudge employers who haven't embraced technology to start embracing them better with some of those apps, as you mentioned. I mean, I know company-wide One Digital uses uh, the, the Teams uh, and I can't imagine now living without it as we're all kind of working remotely, but but able to communicate very quickly with one another that way but also the use of video conferencing, you know, uh, as well. I mean, it's amazing how much, um, you know, how much paper and how many in-person meetings that are had that probably could be accomplished, you know, without hopping on an airplane and, and using the technology that's available to us today. So, you know, something, you know, in the end will be will be better having gone through this. I think, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like being a little bit thrown in the deep end to see how fast we can swim, right? Um, And I think you're absolutely right. There are, of course, and as I mentioned, you know, there is Sometimes with video conferencing or being remote, there's that comfort curve, like a learning curve, but a comfort curve, um, and allowing each other to have that first few days, like, and even saying to your team, like, I know this is uncomfortable, it's a little uncomfortable for me too, but we'll get through it.
0: yeah. Now, if if there there are some jobs that really can't be done remotely, so again, I'm thinking about you reference retail. We have a number of manufacturing clients uh, in, here in Connecticut and uh, throughout throughout the country with One Digital. And so, you know, if you can't do work from home, what can employers do, or should employers do, to, to try to make the workplace safer and and um, you know contain the spread of this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned one thing earlier, Jeff, of ensuring that there is that, that distancing at work, um, making sure that, you know, hopefully there is at least six feet in between people, which is the current CDC uh, suggestions and guidelines right now. Um, now, however... Um, there is also some features where, if you do need to, based upon your workforce and industry, be having people and visitors come into your workplace, the CDC has deployed what's called a visitor log. And that visitor's log is something that you can have each visitor coming on site or entering your workspace fill out, basically attesting that at this moment they don't have any symptoms, that they're not ill, things of that nature. Um, that's one way that you can curtail you know, bringing any illness inside Um, now also ensuring that your employees know um, that if that they're encouraged um, and should at any point if they start to feel ill they shouldn't be coming to work and that they should be going home now with that said a lot of the questions that come up and we were seeing employees feeling like regardless whether or not they feel okay they feel like they need to come to work because pay uh, because they do need to receive that pay um, and ultimately there are a few different ways that employers can not treat this and a few different um new apps that i know we'll talk about in a little bit as well that are coming into play that might be able to provide some relief to those employees so that they feel like they can be home and they can get better before coming back to work
0: can so let's say somebody shows up from work and their supervisor kind of notices they maybe they don't look that great, looking a little pale, maybe a little you know or, or, or maybe a little feverish, maybe they got a cough and like can, can you can you basically say, "Hey, you know, I, you go home. Can, can you tell somebody to go home?
1: An employer does have the right to do that, Jeff. Yeah, they do have the right to say, "You know, I'm seeing right now that it looks like you might not be feeling well. at this point, i'm gonna I, I'm gonna ask that you do go home and either use uh, paid time off or we're gonna pay you for the time um that we're gonna ask you to go home. And hey, can you just check in with you know for best um, in an abundance of caution, can you check in with a doctor, make sure that you're okay before you come back tomorrow? Things of that nature.
0: And and so also like um, if someone does test positive, if you have an employee, if an employer has an employee who has in fact tested positive for coronavirus, are there are there obligations? Is the employer in some way obligated to then inform the people that work with that person? Obviously without identifying, we don't want to violate PHI or HIPAA rules, but. You know say hey listen someone that you work closely with has been uh, has been has the virus um you know you need to go home self-quarantine what is the employer obligated to do
1: certainly so the employer does have a duty to of course inform anybody who anyone else who may be exposed or in close contact with that employee who may be potentially ill or ill um, they, the employer has the responsibility to notify them and to ensure that they are healthy and well, too. Um, at that point, as you mentioned, we can't be saying, you know, Jeff or Riley is the one who's ill. It's just it's been brought to our attention that an employee isn't feeling well. It's showing symptoms that may be related to COVID or coronavirus. Um, and also provide them updates as they go along. You know, they're waiting to be tested or they talk to their doctor and right now they don't qualify for testing. Um, It does seem that their doctor has said that this actually may be the flu and not coronavirus. But however, again, in an abundance of caution, we wanted to let you know so that either if you're not feeling well or you start to show symptoms, you can of course let us know um, and take time off as you need it.
0: Yeah. Now, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, we do have a number of clients who are already at that point where their business is being impacted uh, pretty significantly, and they have to start thinking about uh, maybe let, 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 letting people go, downsizing. And then we get into the conversation about, okay, well, do we furlough or lay off? So what are the differences? Can we, can we talk through that a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. These are really challenging conversations for any business to be having. Um, and so I absolutely empathize with any client of ours who are having these hard hard decisions to be making. However, there are some options when we look at re- reduction in force in, in our workforce. At that point, as you mentioned, two of the biggest ones that we're really hearing right now, especially the biggest one being furlough and layoff. And so a furlough is really when we say, you um, we are going to place you on an unpaid leave of absence for a temporary period of time, um, and we're going to, when business conditions return, we are going to have you back active, and we're so excited for when that happens. We're just really taking a pause on your employment, let's put it that way, where a layoff is when we actually separate from that employee, that employee's role is eliminated. We do not anticipate that we will rehire in the near future for this role or have a need for this role in the near future. So that's really the two biggest differences. Again, furlough being we're just placing you on a temporary unpaid leave of absence and layoff being we are separating you from employees.
0: So if I understand it correctly, uh, th- then it's a little bit easier with if you're furloughing. Then when you're ready to have that employee back, you just have them back. You're not rehiring them. Whereas if you if you actually lay somebody off, and then your business environment or position should change, and you're like, oh, you know what, I want to I want to have them back. You actually have to go through the whole new rehire process uh, if it's been a layoff, right?
1: That is accurate. You have it absolutely accurate. You know, when we look at the two the two options and two of the differences, again, with a furlough, you're really saying, "I'm going to pause our employment." Um, When you come back, you're still going to have all of your accrued vacation, um, so you can use it in the future, because we're all going to need a vacation after this craziness, Um, and so that you will have that available. You're not providing any final pay or separation pay to that employee on a furlough, because they're still retained. They're just... Right now in an unpaid leave of absence where when you're when you're laying somebody off, you're really at this point severing the separate severing the employment relationship at that moment.
0: Can somebody who's been furloughed, are they eligible for unemployment benefits?
1: So at this point, we absolutely encourage everyone to apply. The DOL in specific states have really relaxed their eligibility criteria for unemployment. And so in certain scenarios, yes, employees may be eligible if they're furloughed, if they have a significant reduction in their work hours, as well as if they're laid off.
0: And uh, that's great. And if there, and if someone's been furloughed, if, if the employer has the option to still keep them on their medical, on the employer-sponsored medical plan too, right?
1: That's absolutely right, yes. So I do have some clients who have even, when they have furloughed employees, have said for this period of time while you're furloughed, the company is going to pay 100% of your medical premiums because the, that company was in a position where they could do that. Now... Of course, not all companies may be in that position. And so therefore, you still maintain their benefits, and the employee would then have to pay their premium share to the employer.
0: Or so, or is it an option? Like if you're furloughed, is that a qualifying event for COBRA? What if the employer it's- says... I, I don't want to continue your medical your your benefits. Uh, so would they be eligible for for cobra if they're furloughed?
1: They're actually they actually could be, Jeff. Um, and so we definitely encourage you to talk to your benefits and HR consultants from Went Digital to chat those different scenarios through because it actually goes back a little bit to your benefit summary plan description and what's written in that. But ultimately, yes, it could be an option.
0: All right. uh let's let's actually talk about some other uh some other questions that we're getting from employers so um well you know what let's stay on this whole furlough and layoff because i I, I want to address this issue of what do employers need to consider when they're thinking about who do we who are we going to let go or who are we going to furlough I, I don't want employers to be in violation of any labor laws or, or non-discrimination laws and stuff like that. So what, if, what do they need to think about when when deciding who to, who to send home?
1: Sure, certainly. And so absolutely, I agree with you. We want to make sure that we are making these decisions from a business justification standpoint. Um, so ultimately coming at it from what does the business need right now? And so if right now we're not making any widgets, then we might not need any widget makers, right? Um, But ultimately, you know, if we are making a select number of widgets, for example, we may not need all 10 widget makers, we may only need five widget makers, and at that point, then that question comes in well, how do we select those five people? That really has to come back to a business justification. Um, some of my clients go through um, different parameters that, you know, is it based upon seniority? Is it based upon XYZ? Again, this is where it's really important that you have an analysis in place so that you can point back to the business justification and business reason for why you're letting one person go or lo- furloughing one person over another and so that you aren't um, creating any discrimination, even adversely, right? Not our intention, unintentional discrimination.
0: Yeah. I mean, I imagine it would not be okay for an employer to say, okay, we've got 10, 10 widget makers and we need to let five go. So we're just going to take the five that we that are that are most senior and therefore paid the most. You know, like would that be wrong or could, could an employer do that? Because that's gonna save them the most money.
1: Sure. So again, it really has to come down. Um, there are so many different factors that come into place for this. Um it's not I would say it typically isn't a black and white. So it's hard for us to come in and say, you know, yes or no. Um, but yeah. and, and there are instances where seniority may play a factor, absolutely.
0: Is, is there a limit to the amount of time you can furlough somebody?
1: So interesting. You bring up a really good point about temporary layoffs. And so, again, they're temporary in nature, and they want to be reassessed on an ongoing basis. Now, of course, we can't sit there and say you're going to be furloughed for a year. My goodness, that isn't very if you would say so, um, when we've talked with legal counsel, they, there isn't a hard and fast number that they've advised us on, but they definitely say, you know, somewhere let's keep this, you know, less than six months at least.
0: Got it. So there's some gray area there, but, but it cannot be, you know, the guidance there would be, look, anything over six months, it really becomes more of a, of a layoff scenario.
1: And one thing I definitely talked with my clients about, too, is that when you are furloughing someone, the intention right now is that business conditions will return and they're going to return rapidly. That's everyone's hope. Right. If we get into a situation down the road where we see that business conditions either do not return as anticipated or they may potentially defy as well, those furloughed employees at that point could then turn into a layoff scenario too. So there are a few options. I think the best piece right now is let's just deal with what we have at hand right now in this moment, and then we can cross that bridge if we need to. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm going to bounce around a little bit here. So my apologies, but, but we, we talked about you know, what, what happens if, if an employee is sick, an employer can say, hey, stay home or, or go home. But what, what happens if so that it's, you don't have work at home, you're expecting your employees to come to work, you're taking the necessary precautions to try to curb the spread of this, but the people are supposed to come to work. But somebody says, no, I'm not comfortable coming to work. I'm not, I'm not sick. Um, I'm not, I, I haven't, you know, I don't, I don't qualify for a self quarantine, but I'm just not comfortable coming to work right now. Uh, you know, can an employee do that? Just refuse to come to work?
1: So- A few things. One piece is I would want to better understand why that employee doesn't necessarily want to come to work. If they're saying for any reason, you know, hey, this person right next to me is ill and they're at work and that's why I don't want to be here. Of course, that's a concern that the employer should be taking care of and responding to Um, that could be a justifiable reason why the employee might not want to come to work. However, if there isn't, say, a positive case or even a presumptive case, everybody in the workforce is healthy and well, um, and the employee is just choosing at this moment to not come to work, then at that point, um, the employer does have the option to say, okay, Ultimately, again, this we're, we are taking the precautions necessary to ensure that this is a safe work environment. If you're choosing to not come to work, we are going to ask you to take a paid time off that you may have available for this, um, it, as well as if you don't have PTO available, it could be unpaid leave at that moment.
0: Got it. Okay. All right. So, you know, a lot of the questions that, that, that I think are out there right now, and we I'll preface this by saying we, we, we really don't have all the answers. There's still a lot of confusion here, but it's around, okay, is it does someone take paid time off, or is it family leave, or is this an, a short-term disability uh, situation? And so uh, we know that there was uh, very recently the coronavirus relief bill passed and signed by the president. And I just want to chat about that really high level because, because I, I think we're all still trying to get our arms around it and exactly what it means. But my understanding, Riley, of this is that there's really kind of two, two main themes to this bill. One being, if you have a, a, a child under age 18 and you have to be home to take care of that child because school is closed, um and, and you got to be there for for essentially daycare purposes that uh you're so you're, that, that you now have a paid family leave available um is that, is that right is that one of the main provisions of that bill as you it
1: understand is. It? it is so as you mentioned jess you know this bill just came into place into in hopes and intention to provide relief for some families and employees who either are sick or from the coronavirus or maybe impacted, as you mentioned, by a child's school being closed or needing to be self-quarantined during that time. So yes, the new emergency FMLA does provide the ability for an employee to not only have job-protected leave, but also receive some pay from their employer if, as you mentioned, their child's school is closed and they need to provide care.
0: And then I think there are some tax credits for, for whatever costs uh, an employer incurs associated with that paid, that paid time off as well. But, but at the same time, so I think it's 12 weeks of FMLA, but the first 10 days can be unpaid, right? Yeah,
1: you're right. It can be unpaid, and that's where we get into a lot of the questions of, you know, well, the employee can potentially use their accrued and unused PTO time, of course. Um, they cannot be required to, but they could use it. Um, another piece as well is, as you mentioned, is there's the emergency paid sick leave. And so that is available for me as an employee. If I have to self-quarantine, I've been diagnosed. Or you're
0: taking care of a, of a, of a family member that's been diagnosed uh, as well. I think that, that that allows for paid sick time, even for caring for a family member, too. Um and, and so the, the listen. The point here is there's still some confusion around this. We're still trying to understand exactly what the provisions of this particular bill, uh, how how it, how it might uh, um, how it might interact with or um, how how it relates to other relief bills that are being passed, how it coordinates with short-term disability plans uh, and regular state family leave, uh, you know, federal or state family leave, and so. It's, there's uncertainty, there's gray area, and I mean, it seems to me what we really need to recommend above all else is some patience here. Patience on the part of employers, as, as even the experts uh, try to get their arms around all this, all this stuff, and patience on the part of employees who are, who are being impacted, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's patience all around. And I think it's also patience between employees, their managers, their managers and employees, um, patience with the experts who are out there, um, the CDC even, right? It's just having patience with everybody. This is unchartered territory for each individual person across the world. And so when you put it into that perspective, it really kind of level sets and reminds us all, that we're all on this this playing field together, and we're all trying to figure this out together at the same time.
0: What else are you hearing, Riley, from uh, from your clients, from employers, and HR managers? Anything we didn't really talk about today that you've been that you've been encountering?
1: Yeah. So one of the biggest things that when I chat with my clients, I'm typically speaking with their senior leadership team. And as we just talked about, Jeff, this uncharted territory, not having the answers, which is really, really challenging. I think it's challenging for individuals to not have the answers, but also knowing that you have a workforce who's looking to you for the answers as well. So really what we've been recommending, of course, is just to be that authentic, transparent leader with your workforce. This is such an opportunity for you to build trust with your team and your team to have trust in leadership throughout this time. So saying things of like, this is the information that I have currently. This is all rapidly evolving. Thank you guys so much again for your patience as we tried to figure this out together. But this is what I know. And this is what we're doing about it. Um, and here's where we're going. And also just providing that background and context of the decisions that we are making. Again, by being authentic, picking up the phone, having those conversations, um, it's very, very important, especially as a senior leader or HR manager at this point, to ensure that you're getting in front of your people um, and empathizing with them.
0: I guess what that means is there's really no such thing as communicating too much right now when there's uncertain times you know just this sort of constant communication uh and even if it's even if it's to admit like i I don't have all the answers right now but we're going to figure this out together as we go right there's value to that
1: certainly there is absolutely and you're right there's no such thing as too much communication well, uh, also sometimes saying, I've I've had senior leaders, and I've said this uh, myself to some clients of I'm I know you're getting bombarded right now, right? There's so much information. I know that we're coming at you, and you're seeing emails from me every every hour because these are updates that are really pertinent to our business. So thank you so much for being on the front line of this with us.
0: Yeah, Riley. Any last thoughts before before we kind of close out? Uh, this this
1: episode? So I really think this is all evolving at a rapid pace. As I mentioned before, Jeff, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, so providing you, the ability for your you and your team as our clients to do some workforce planning, we're here to partner with you as we look towards some of these questions that we've had come up throughout the episode. Um, don't hesitate to reach out so we can talk through your specific details with you.
0: Riley, we end every episode with rapid-fire questions, and, and I know this is a this is a tough subject for everybody. But let's let's end on a on a bit of a lighthearted note, where we try to get our under get to know our guests a little bit more with a few questions that just top-of-mind answer. Don't hesitate. I'm going to ask you a few questions here. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Okay. Cats or dogs?
1: Oh, dogs.
0: Favorite band?
1: I don't have one.
0: I'm going to take that answer. If you had one superpower, what would it be?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, if I had one superpower, what would it be? Reading people's minds.
0: Love that one. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you be doing?
1: Oh, certainly as a profession,
0: mm-hmm. I would
1: be a, a nutrition and fitness coach.
0: Awesome. And lastly, our theme at One Digital this year is to to be bold. And so what does that mean to you? What does being bold mean to you, Riley?
1: Absolutely. It means being vulnerable and being authentic and sharing authentically um, and making mistakes. My big mantra for this year is fail forward. So embracing failure and not having to be perfect and failing and trying again and failing and trying again.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's great. If making mistakes is being bold, then I'm about, I'm about as bold as it gets. <laughs> All right, Riley, thanks so much for joining us today and keeping us informed. Uh, I think it's been a great conversation and it will be helpful to our clients and and the listeners out there. As we know, things are changing very, very quickly and in an effort to keep everybody up to date, uh, our HR consulting team has created a coronavirus advisory hub with a lot of resources, videos, info, briefs, and key information. Just to help you navigate through this evolving situation, it's it's on the One Digital website. Uh, so if you haven't if you haven't seen it yet, uh, check it out. If you like this episode, please leave a review. And as always, folks, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can be the first to know when the next episode drops. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey everybody, stay safe and well. Take care of yourselves out there.